Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. Real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Gary O'Reilly. And I'm Chuck Nice. And this is Playing Playing With with Science. I'm Gary O'Reilly. Yes, thank you. And I'm Chuck Nice. And And this is Playing With Science. (laughs) And uh, listen, for those of you who are not with us, the reason why you hear a live audience is because we are coming to you from uh, TuneIn at South by Southwest, better known as South by Hungover. And uh, we are here (laughs) live uh, to bring you the show. And those of you who are listening for the first time to Playing With Science on TuneIn, uh, we should probably tell you what this show is. This show is under the Star Talk umbrella. And Neil deGrasse Tyson says, this is where science and geeks collide, uh, where jocks and geeks collide. And, uh, you know, somebody always loses in that collision. And I don't think I have to tell you who it is. Uh, so, but the, what we do is we take a sports play that's iconic, uh, we break it down, and then we let the science spread out from there. Uh, and so today, we are talking about the science of the slam dunk. And yes, you can give it up for science of slam dunk. Yes, you can. And we'd like to give it up for Easy Tiger, who uh, is our venue for the day. Thank you so much for your hospitality. I think Chuck will also look at rebounds, because oh, one yeah. of our guests just might have an idea about how to rebound. Yeah, and speaking of our guests, (laughs) we have uh, two very cool um, NBA enthusiasts. One um, is an enthusiast because he's a former all-star. He is a former player, and when it comes to slam dunks, nobody knows how to put it down better than Karam Butler right here. Please, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Thank you, thank you. Yes. And not to mention, and not forgetting, rather, title-winning player. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. the guy's been to the top I of the mountain and looked down <laughs> on all of us. Right. Next to me. Next to you. A man, Michael Rappaport. Yes, actor extraordinaire and a guy who knows basketball in and out. And also has, uh, Michael, your show is called Two Man Weave. Two Man Weave. Two Man yeah. Weave yeah. yeah. with Kenny Martin, yep, right? Yep, yep. I'm glad to be here. I'm happy to be here. I'm a fan of The Doctor. The Bronx is in the house. You can't ever forget that the doctor's from the Bronx. That's right. Oh, that's right. And the doctor that he is talking about is joining us from Skype and telling me one second, one second, as he walks away from the camera. Who bands is this? But, <laughs> <laughs> drama. Well, so, Michael, let's go back to you. But Are what we're going to do... Mixed? Oh, look, he went and got his Bronx hat. Okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, what? 
<laughs> oh my God! <laughs> better, better known. Uh, no. Okay, okay, okay. okay. So, so both, those of you who do not have visual, uh, Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson is our uh, science guest today, and he is sitting here looking like uh, Ice Cube. <laughs> Ice Cube. He's Eddie. looking like Ice Cube and Easy E had a baby. <laughs> Working it. Uh, it's so cool. But uh, Neil is from the Boogie Down Bronx, so he went and got his Bronx hat on, which is very cool. Uh, Neil, how you doing, buddy? Doing good. Thanks for having me. Oh yeah. Okay. You know, You're like welcome. what? What would we like? Oh, who who says no to you? Does that ever, <laughs> seriously has that ever happened? Like you know, uh, uh, where? Just to be clear. This is your show. You pulling me in when you need some stuff, but it's your show. Okay, right on. But you know, when, let's let's. I'm, I'm gonna accept that. I'm just gonna say yes. You're right. You know, even though we know you're not. Okay, <laughs> okay, Neil, you're out of the Bronx. Do you have a basketball team that you prefer? Well, I'm old enough. Like I was coming of age when the Knicks were, you know, winning the championship. Oh, with, you mean good when Pusher. they were good. You, that's, uh, you know, when they when they were winning, you know, that it was uh, 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 Clyde, Fr Walt Clyde Frazier. Wow. Uh, oh, wow. All the way there. Uh, uh, Dave DeBusher. <laughs> we had Willis Reed. We had uh, Bill Bradley. Wow. And here's something interesting. Go here's on, something interesting. A friend of mine in high school was ball boy for the New York Knicks. And my feet were the same size as that of Walt Frazier. Mm. And Frazier had a Puma contract. And every game, he would throw away his Pumas after only wearing them once. And my boy would go in, pull them out, and bring them home to me. So I had a whole set of Clyde wow. Puma sneakers that I was able to wear at the that time. That is crazy. Yo, man, that's that, yeah. that is crazy. If are you had on eBay? just one pair, that would have been... Are you still got them? Are they on eBay? Uh-huh. <laughs> I wore them. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Now, you're afflicted with the Knicks devotion, right? Yes. I, I'm afflicted with the Knicks devotion, the, the Knicks pain, the Knicks heartache. Um, and you know, they haven't the, won since then. They haven't won. You're not <laughs> helping, by the way. You're not helping with that pain. He's suffering. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a tough ride. Uh, I was I was three in 1973, so to go through the ups and downs, and you know, come close in the 90s, and then to be where we are now, and to be where we are in the last you know 10, 12 years has been has been rough. Yeah. So if you were only three when they last then you have no active memory of a championship Absolutely. at all in your life. I have no active memory of a championship. This is almost as serious as the Cubs, you know? We're, I mean, we're it's, at it's that almost point. that bad. Yeah. And this ain't Chicago, doctor. We're the new, this is the New York Knicks, the epicenter. I mean, you're, you're, you grew up in the city. You know, every, every, if you, if, if you, I would love for you to do I a scientific uh, test on this. In my opinion, the, the re, one of the main reasons why basketball will always be the city's game is because any, any mile radius in the five boroughs that you walk you're going to come across a basketball court. It's part of the fabric and the architecture of New York City. You know, it's so much a part of what we see when we walk around any part of New York City. That's true. Let me give you an example, okay? So I've known I wanted to be a scientist since I was nine years old, but in the playground, none of that mattered. All right. that could matter if if you could shoot, could you could you jump, could you could did you have handle on the ball? Right. And just I can quantify. <laughs> How good I was, okay? And so, on top of that, he was on the court, and kids was like, yo, man, watch that guy. He actually stole Walt, Walt Frazier's sneakers. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so no, I can quantify. So the way you did it was, if you're choosing sides for 10 people, mm -hmm. and then two people who are choosing the sides, how, how in, the, in a side of five, how quickly are you chosen, right? Or, or in a total of 10. Right. That's yeah. a measure of things. 
Some I've chosen maybe fourth, or not not first, not second, but about fourth. That's pretty good. That's an, it depends on how many listen, people was out there, though. Ten. Well, so <laughs> if, if it was only ten people out there and you was chosen fourth on the back end of the fourth, <laughs> that means you was chosen eight out of ten. Karen, that's a bad got, look. You never got chosen. I'll be but honest, first, right? No, I was usually top two. All right, to be nice. chosen. This is what I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, you don't know this feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, getting chose fourth. Well, but, that, I, but, I'm trying, but I'm trying to make a different point. Okay. That I've chosen, like, fourth or fifth, and then I spent a year in Massachusetts in a suburb of Boston, okay? And there's a pickup game there, and I go to jump, I, I, and I jump to block someone's shot, and I end up blocking it with my elbow. I'm thinking they're going to jump higher than they actually did. <laughs> It was I, I, so so. My average Bronx talent uh, play everybody else outside of the Bronx. It translated, I, it, it, you translated on the road, right? All right, right. So it was some. So, it was some in the water in the Bronx. Yeah, huh? yeah, maybe. So, maybe. so Kenyon, Kenyon was top two. You got chosen fourth. Whenever I played, they were like, "You gonna be the coach?" So <laughs> I'm just letting you know. You guys don't know pain. That's that's real pain. So, Karen, you know? growing up, we heard about Neil. The Bronx and you know his, his desperation at force. When did you know that you had something that took you out of that environment and you could be on a projection to the very top? Man, you know this playing on the hardwoods, you know in the in the rec centers, you know in the Midwest, you know um, playing in the community centers and being you know chosen in the, the top three all the time on a consistent basis and just you know playing and getting that bump. You know, and once I, you know, graduated to the middle floor at the detention centers and playing with the grown men, you know, being a, a teenager out there with grown men, I, I knew that I graduated and that I had a future in this thing. Because if I can get, get these moves off at a, at, a, at a good pace, I knew that I can play on a, on, a, on a top level at some point. And, you know, this is, you know, grown men that's, you know, Coming right. at you, hitting you with yeah. everything, elbowing you. Yeah, they don't no care. Love. They don't care that you're a kid. Yeah, right? yeah. What no. file? Right. Yeah. What file? Man. That ain't no file. You Is know what I mean? So no, I, I no blood, quick. no foul. No, no blood, no foul. So I learned quickly uh, the rules of engagement out there on the basketball court. Do you look back at that and think that's where my competitiveness on court as a pro came from? That test there. That hardening of character? Absolutely. That's where I was extremely uh, tested, you know, in the battlefield of, you know, the rec centers and stuff like that. And now that's something I think that's missing because, you know, now with AAU basketball and a lot of, you know, um, you know trainers and stuff that kind of took that bridge away from development, you know, now you got guys that's, you know, dribbling around cones and things like that and dribbling under ropes. You know, uh, chairs don't move. You know, Combs don't stab back at you at the basketball, and they don't teach you, like, you know, um, the, the, the will and how to fight through adversity. So it's different. Has the game gone soft? It, it, it has. I call it the skinny genification of the NBA, Karan. <laughs> you do. <laughs> I like that. I like that. The skinny genification of the NBA. Anyone yeah. else out there feel the skinny, skinny genification? I'll get there in the end. No? Yes, maybe? Yeah. All right. If you brought your game now, how long are you going to stay on court? I mean, it's different because it's, it's, so, it's so physical. You know, I mean, I played in an era where hand checking was still, you know, uh, you know, plausible. And, you know, you saw a guy like Anthony Mason guard Michael Jordan. 
you know, because he wow. can, you know, he can hold them by the hip and just kind of guide them where he wanted them to go. Now, this this the black cat. This the mm-hmm. greatest player of all time, and he's able to hold them by the, the wayside and guide them. You know, now, you know, you touch a guy or you blow on him or, you know, gargle with Listerine is a foul. You know what that, I mean? That's, so, a, that's bad, though. Yeah, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah, foul, you. <laughs> but, but, but talking about the, the science of sports, explain the hand-checking and the not-hand-checking in terms of a science. With an athlete like Jordan or a Kobe or an Iverson, the hand-checking could do what? Explain explain that to the, the, the layman layman. No, me, so in other like, words, me. In scientific terms, though, Karan. All right, so <laughs> if you, like if you're trying to, you know, you give a, a guy area and you give him momentum, like even like a guy like LeBron, you know, it, it helped his game so much because he's an impact player. He's a guy that's always going downhill. So if LeBron's going downhill and attacking the basket, if you touch him, that's a foul. Yep. You know, it's contact. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, you know, it's contact throughout the duration of the game, you know. 90-plus feet, you can hold, you can grab, you can touch, you can be physical. It's never a foul. But now, any type of contact, you know, and it, it, it decreases the process, it's a foul. So, in other words, the legislation has gone in a direction that allows more baskets, more points, more entertainment. Well, that's what it's about, more, right? That, that, that's what the league wants. The league wants yeah. higher-scoring games because that's more exciting to the, to the, to the consumer. Yeah, you saw that in the All-Star game, but it was too... It was too. It was too much. Yep. And now they gotta, you know, change some rules because of that. They because it, it was just far. like it was too out there. All right. Did you? Wait, wait. Are you saying? Are you saying now. that if you're not touching each other as much, it means you can make your basket with higher percentage with oh, a higher percentage shot? Absolutely. It's like it's like being naked in the gym. It's like you know you sitting around in the gym. You shooting you shooting shots without no but, defense. You should be able to make those shots. Wait that's a what the All-Star game was. That's called being Doesn't naked. It also wait, wait, that's called being naked in the gym? So that you, you're more likely to try yeah, it. If no one's guarding, you get naked. He asked okay. about, All right. the, 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 about the three-point shot. In, in terms of the, oh, the game is so open, you know, Dr. Tyson, for me as a fan, and I'm just a fan, and, and I love from the fan's point of view versus the, the actual doer like Karan, but in my opinion, the game has gotten too spread out where it's too offensive-minded, where the offense can run too free, where you have guys that are seven foot three, who if you don't, if you can't shoot a three-pointer and you're seven foot, and you you just talked about being in the Bronx and then going to Boston, but like when you when you're a kid and you're six nine and you're the biggest kid, you're near the paint. Now, if you're seven foot and you can't shoot a three-pointer, who would have thought that seven footers that had to be not. You know, it's beneficial. It had to be part of your arsenal that if you're seven feet, you need to be able to shoot three-pointers. The game has changed so drastically so fast, and I feel like as a fan, as a consumer, as someone who loves the game, that I think it's going to alienate fans, and I think there needs to come with a happy medium where there has to be some sort of, be, you know, defensive, where the defense can live, where you that's, can thrive other than in the playoffs. That's funny because we did a show with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and uh, he told Neil that, he only made one three-pointer in his entire career. Yeah. His entire career, 20-plus thousand points, wow. and only one three-pointer did he make. This is the all-time leading scorer in NBA history that made one three-pointer. Mm-hmm. Now the traditional big is out the game. You know, Yao Ming would be a stretch five now. Can you imagine that? Yao Ming, Shaq would be stretch fives. They That's would tell crazy. them to spot up at the at the three point line <laughs> and get ready to hit a spot up shot. What would they do with Shaq now? Shaq would have to be able to bring it out a little further, but he's so powerful. Yeah, but they would want him to space out because That's he would ridiculous. clog up the lanes because everybody needs that space That's to you know, drive in gaps. That's crazy. Imagine that. 
Karen? But, but doesn't it also mean? Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, go, just to go get, I got to make a point. Mm -hmm. If you're given that much room, then gone are the acrobatic maneuvers to shoot, even in spite of people who are up in your face. I think the game is going perimeter oriented. You know now, and you know the more post up you have, you know that means that it's not no area for guys to drive or whatever the case may be. So you're not going to have guys sitting in the paint posting up. And, Doctor, I think the acrobatic moves, I think that's one of the things that is beneficial to the fan is that you do get a lot of that because guys could just take off at any point and, and go airborne because they're not, there's not that, that bump. They're not, they're, there's not that action. There's not that 90s Pistons, 90s uh, uh, New York Knicks, 80s, uh, you know, bad boys Pistons teams. So that, that, those kinds of teams will never thrive. They'll actually never be created again. You can't win like that because the game... You just you can't play basketball like that anymore. You see a team trying to bring it back, though. You see the Pelicans trying to play with two bigs and Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're trying to bring the old school game back, and hopefully that works. The problem is they're named the Pelicans. <laughs> right. Once again, Chuck, you got to get over this. <laughs> so I'm just going to ask you, because we've got the good doctor with us, were you conscious of any of the science behind your forward play, your slam dunks when you were playing? No, I was just playing, you know, just playing out of motion, playing off of, you know, just trying to, you know, get to the paint, get to the basket, put it in the hole, you know, uh, put on for my city, put on for my family, and, you know, try to make a better living for ourselves. So I knew I had a talent. I tried to tap into it. I found my niche, and I just tried to make the best out of the opportunity. So I never, I never thought of a science behind it, not until I played with a, a mad scientist like Kobe Bryant, you know, where I developed like a different type of, you know, skill set and a component to, you know, my education of the game, you know, I start attacking it a little differently. So is there, uh, Dr. Tyson, uh, yes. it, it doesn't seem to be, and, and maybe you can find some science in there for me, but I know there's got to be a science behind uh, a shot, okay? Physics behind a shot in the arc and all that, which you can Well, explain. we talked about that with Kareem because his sky hook had such a high percentage it was such a high percentage shot. And if the ball is coming down towards the rim, then the higher the angle it approaches the rim, then the, the, the bigger is the, is the surface area through which it's passing. If you're coming at it at this kind of angle, then the range of error in your shot has to be narrowed in order for it to still go in. That's my point. So, so a higher shot coming down simply has a higher chance of going in than one that's lower. So, but if, you, if your shots are razor sharp, then you don't need this more latitude to make the shot. You can do it in a narrower, in a narrower lane, so to speak. So, um, because the rim is actually much bigger than the ball itself. If you, you know, you know, when you're down below it, you're not thinking that, but if you take the ball and put it in the rim, there's like a lot of extra area there. And so if this ball just falling from the sky, the, 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 the path of maximum surface area to pass it would be vertically down. And, of course, a slam dunk goes vertically down. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, uh, but you do see people miss slam dunks uh, quite a bit. Because we're human. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, Karan, you ever, you ever miss a slam dunk? Absolutely. <laughs> They're particularly embarrassing, actually. The most embarrassing thing to miss, I think. That's just me. Right. right. You can't leave on a miss. You know, you got to try to make it up at some point in the game. And, you know, I always found a way to do that. That's the worst feeling, though, in the world. Have 20,000 people watch you miss a dunk. 
Right, and and it's going to be on the heat on the highlight on oh. the the right the, the blooper reel. You're going right. to you're going to hear it, and somebody's going to be like, "Come on, man!" You Come know that's going to happen. Who man's is this? <laughs> right, who's man? <laughs> All, right, All right, we are going to take a break, so bear with us. Uh, the good doctor will return when we come back, as will everybody at the table. We'll talk more with Karan Butler and, of course, Michael Rappaport. We'll even talk rebounds, I'm sure, and possibly get into a whole lot of other things, like what's in store for Karan now that he's finished playing. Stay tuned. We'll be back soon. Sleep. Grocery shopping themselves. Just a few things working moms seldom have time for. And during tax season, you can add taxes to their list. So for all you working moms, make the easy switch to H&R Block and have an expert make easy work of your taxes. H&R Block guarantees your taxes are 100% accurate and your max refund or your money back. Plus, with their no surprise guarantee, you'll always know the price of your tax prep before you begin. You can even have an H&R Block Tax Pro do your taxes in a block office or online from the comfort of your own home. Can your current tax guy promise all that? When you're buried under life's to-dos, let the experts at H&R Block stay on top of your taxes with a return that's right on the money and your biggest refund possible. Because tax season after tax season, it's better with Block. Make an appointment at hrblock.com. All tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. Descriptions of benefits and details at hrblock.com slash guarantees. You know what shouldn't feel like rocket science? Planning a vacation your whole crew will love. With Carnival Cruise Line, it's all up to you. You can kick back or dive right into the fun. Paddleboard in the crystal clear waters of one of Carnival's exclusive destinations, Half Moon Key in the Bahamas. Take an ATV ride through the jungle or just relax on white sandy Caribbean beaches. The fun continues on ship, from a ride on bolt roller coaster to a moment of pure bliss at the Cloud Nine Spa. Kick off the evening with a craft cocktail at any of Carnival's dazzling bars and lounges and take your pick of restaurants from surf and turf to family-style Italian. Then settle in for an evening of live entertainment. Whatever your vibe is, you'll come home with plenty of stories to tell. So pack those bags, be sure to leave room for a few unforgettable memories because no one does fun like Carnival. Book your dream vacation at Carnival.com. Ships Registry, The Bahamas and Panama. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any of you. Book direct at choicehotels.com. 
where travel comes true. Thank you to South by Southwest. Thank you to Easy Tiger. And thank you so much for tuning for allowing us this chance to broadcast our show. And um, also thank you to Karam Butler and Michael Rappaport for yes. joining us. Thanks, guys, for being here. Yeah, give it up, guys. You know, these, these people don't turn up every day in your life, right? Mm -hmm. No. How, how often do you get NBA champions to sit down and give you their thoughts? Anyone notice these? Yeah, I Thank just you. did. Thank you for the gifts. Yeah. So a People woman, know you, don't you? Uh, People know you. <laughs> yes, for those of you who uh, can't see the visual, uh, a, a young lady just bought uh, Karan Butler a, uh, a, a giant fistful of straws. And I was like, that is the craziest gift I've ever seen anybody give. But what are they? McDonald's. Yes. Oh, oh, McDonald's straws specifically. Yes. You are a fan. You actually went to McDonald's and stole a bunch of straws <laughs> and then came and gave them to you. So you are in receipt of stolen property, Karan Butler, right here. <laughs> Well, I'm going to leave it right here. Then. <laughs> All right. Okay, of course, we have the good doctor, Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson. So please give it up. Yes, Neil. Yeah, he is a man who is in demand, and we, we can't keep him waiting. He's been very patient with us. So your career involved a lot of rebounding, right? You're a competitive man. Secret to good rebounding, as far as you're concerned. I would have to say, uh, you know, angles, position. Position. And, you know, making contact. You know, a lot of people, you know, get caught bird watching. What I mean by bird watching is when the ball go up, you know, you're just staring at the ball and not looking at the position and where you're at, not understanding where the, the opponent at, and not making that contact before you try to retrieve the ball. And, you know, when you got a good feel of the game, you kind of know how it's going to, you know, a good bounce, a bad bounce, or whatever, mm -hmm. just because you've seen a lot of, you know, flat shots, a lot of high arc shots and different things like that. So... That kind of helps you. So who do you say is the best rebounder in the game today, Karan? I won't, I won't go back. I don't want to go back in time because then we got to, you know, you, but I want to talk about who's playing right now. Who's the best rebounder in the game today? It's funny, and, you know, uh, a lot of people may, I, w I would have to say Russell Westbrook. What? Okay. Yeah. That's a weird. It, it, well, let me tell you something. So here's the cool thing about Karan. He has some orth unorthodox opinions, but when he explains, I got to tell you, the guy, he makes such a convincing case, and we'll get into the greatest of all time. That, that are, that not, he told me who the greatest player of all time was, and I asked him about somebody else. He was like, not even in the conversation. Not even in the conversation. <laughs> and then he, <laughs> it, then it he proceeded to prove to me yes. why. So now why... Russell, because people are not looking at Russell like he's the best rebounder in the game. They're looking at him like he's Russell Westbrook. He's a, he's a prolific scorer. And that's, and that's why it's so amazing, because he's a guard. Right. You and know, he's, he's short. And he's yeah. short. So he's short. He's, he's a guard. Term short. Well, Russell Westbrook has got to be a – Russell Westbrook is 6'4 at best, right? Yeah, he's 6'4. He's probably listed at 6'5", 6'6". I'm 6'5". Right. So Russell's not as big as him. Tiny little man. Yeah, and, you, and he's usually on the opposing end. Like, he's probably getting, like, four to five offensive rebounds a game. Okay. Right. He's averaging 30-plus points, 10-plus rebounds, and 10-plus assists a game. Gotcha. At the guard position, and he's usually playing on the perimeter. So if you look at that, and, and we have this thing called chalk talks before every game. Okay. Right? You circle Russell Westbrook, hot player, right. MVP candidate, all these things. So you prepare for him 
and he's still able to go out there on a consistent basis, average a triple-double, do something that I haven't seen in my lifetime, and rebound the ball at an amazing clip. That's amazing. You know, he's, he's down there with the bigs. He's understanding where the ball is going to come off so the So he's rim. playing a position game, like you said. Yeah, he's he doing it all. He is playing the all perfect right. position Angles game. and everything. Right. Okay, so Dr. Tyson. Dr. Tyson, having heard what Carlin said. Just remind said, me, this is, the, this is the statistic that they call the triple-double. Isn't that correct? Yeah. Uh, right. you, have, you have double digits in rebounds, uh, points, points, and, and, and assists, and, and assists, right? And so that's a that's a that's a fascinating elite club of people who consistently get triple doubles. Mm-hmm. Is that a fair statement? Yes. I just so, love the fact that you are still wearing that Bronx hat and you look like the notorious NDT. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome, rocking it. <laughs> Go ahead. So where, where do you see the science in I'm that? I'm the rapper. Front? I'm I'm MC squared. <laughs> All right. <laughs> In the house. You caught me off guard with that one. <laughs> so, so where do you see the science for a rebounder who's sub six Well, of six? course, I mean, so here's the thing. We've learned that humans are very good at our intuition of what gravity does, okay? Right. You see this in baseball where someone hits and the ball is going to land where you're not. And so they run at a speed so that it hits their glove exactly when their glove gets to the ball. And they're not doing calculations, even though I can calculate exactly what that is. With a rebound, there's the same thing. The ball goes up. In the old days, there were more shots off of glass, so the rebound would have to put in the the, the reflection off the backboard. Um, There was more of that. And it seems to me in those days, calculating or knowing where the rebound would go would be simpler than today, where everyone is going for the rim. I mean, I think it's a little bit of an ego thing that it's, it's, it's a kind of a lesser professional shot if you got to do it off the glass than if you go straight into the net. Well, uh, are you asking Karan that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Are, you, are you saying that uh, so the Swiss shot is what everybody goes for as opposed to oh, off man, the glass? I, I think now everybody is trying to make the shot. <laughs> you know, that's back in the day, it was the Cooley High days when everybody was trying to bank it in and, you know, you smooth jive turkey. But now it's, <laughs> you know, everybody's trying to make the shot and shoot at the back of the rim and just play the right way. Because the thing is, the, if you do it off of glass, then you get to throw a higher shot and then the glass banks it back to the, to the rim it's a higher shot than it would need to be if you went straight for the rim. And here's my point. In the old days, before there was a three-point shot, and even before dunking was really a big thing, teams routinely scored more than 100 points. So something happened over those decades. We introduced a three-point shot, the total scoring drops. People don't want to hit off the glass, the scoring drops. I'm intrigued by that, but let me just finish the point about the glass. So obviously, um, there's something called Lenz's Law in optics, where it said the angle of incidence equals the angle of reflection. Okay. So light coming in at an angle will come off at exactly the same angle. And you can calculate with this. If if, if you tip the mirror, then this tips with it. If you lower the angle of the incident light, then this part comes out at a lower angle. So that also applies to reflections of balls, okay? except the arc of gravity now adds to that. So we can calculate this, but to a professional player who's been playing your whole life, mm-hmm. pick up games, professional games, you just know where that ball is going to go. 
if it's bouncing off the glass. What I think you don't know as well is that if they're shooting for the rim, the rim, it could like triple bounce on the rim and go where you're not. So what what are you invoking if you know it's going to the rim and not to the glass? You don't you don't really know. You just have to be sort of quick at that point. Isn't that right? Absolutely. And, and that's something that he is. He's very quick. Uh, he he possesses a speed like I've never seen before in a player. He uh, he has a high motor. Right. And that's why he's special, and that's why he's my MVP candidate. Wow, Russell Westbrook, wow. That's a, those you are, heard it here. That's a big statement, man. Michael, where are you going to go? Wait, so that means, name wait, does that mean, though, okay. that it's possible to be <laughs> – let me just invent something here. If you're too short, merely 6'1", let's say, or 6'2", your arms aren't long enough to do damage wherever the ball's going to land, okay, because your wingspan is the area – through which you, in principle, can grab a rebound. If you're too tall, your hand can reach far, but it's not going to get there fast enough. So might there be an ideal height, your height, and arm width, where you can still have the speed and still have the wingspan, where anything in your zone is yours? I believe that height is 8 feet 6 inches tall. <laughs> I'm just saying just saying. Well, one of the factors, Karan, also, you, you, you know, you, you, you could uh, attest to this with being a great rebounder, which is, I mean, I would love to hear your, your, your take on this, Doctor, in terms of a scientific thing, which is, I don't think it's something you could teach, but all the great rebounders, whether it was Moses Malone yep. or Tristan Thompson oh. or Russell Westbrook, or, or who, whoever they've been throughout the years. Well, the, the worm. Is the ten- get the worm. Right. Rodman. It was good. It, yeah. It's the tenacity, yeah. the, the dedication to the rebounding, and just that, that, that really that tenacity. Because rebounding, I mean, obviously. Rebounding is dirty work. It's dirty it's work. It's dirty work. Yeah. And dirty you want to have the athleticism, but at the end of the day, when you're focused on that rebounding, you're, you're not willing to give up. I don't know if there's any science to equate that. That's something you're born with. That's something like it's an internal thing. That got to be, you know, that got to be grit. You got to have edge. You got to, you know, not be afraid to get banged up. You know, a lot of people don't want to yeah. sacrifice their body like that on a night-to-night, day-to-day basis. Yeah, so there's I'm, a scientific I'm with, word I'm with for those that. people. It's oh. being nasty. Yeah. What's the scientific term for that, Doc? Like, is that something you're born with, right? You got to have a little crazy to you, too. Yeah, you got to want yeah, it. You know. And one of my great fears, and I'm just, got, I'm just a wuss about this, when I was down in the paint and there's a rebound about to come, if there's someone <laughs> ready to jump, my big fear was that they would jump up and their head would then hit me in the chin and then I'd bust out my teeth and my tongue just because they're being aggressive trying to get the ball. So this is where you're saying you can't love your body when you're down there. Right on. True. Yes. See, I love my body way too much. I don't know if you've seen it lately, but... <laughs> okay, is there, is there a hierarchy for the players in terms of rebound or block? If you, say, if you're blocking a shot mid-air, you're going to feel a lot happier than if you just took the rebound? Man, that, that, that shot blocking is something else. You know, I, I got a different type of respect for, you know, guys that can time and calculate, you know, somebody coming into the paint and this, you know, not only blocking the shot, but keeping it in play. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can yeah. block, like, like a Bill Russell, like I've seen a lot of guys toss a shot, go out of bounds, or toss it and don't keep it in play. But if you can toss it and keep it in play and lead to a transition basket, which is not many in this game. So if you get, you know, anywhere from 15 to 20 transi- transition baskets, nine times out of 10, your, ten, your team's going to win that game. And if you can shot block three or four of those, that leads to eight points or a foul in transition or open court foul. That's great for your team. So that's, that's changing the game right there. You make a very important point there because 
clearly, if you, because you know, in back in the it, back where I grew up, if you if you rejected a shot, that just looked bad, and everyone laughed. And <laughs> yep. even in the NBA, if you reject it, and it goes four rows back in the stands. That feels good, but you're right. It's not a good defensive move. At the end of the day, you want to keep it in play, or at least direct it to somebody who matters. Um, but what I like is the shot blocking that goes where someone is jumping, but they haven't released the ball yet. And you're jumping with them, so now you both have shared arcs through, right. through right. space, basically. And you still have to monitor what is the hand doing is going to come under or over, and then you reach out and block it. So there's a lot of sort of shared matched trajectory in order to make that happen. Cool. So as a fan, Michael, the game and sport in general has become much more technical. The science and understanding from the medical aspect of it, from the sabermetrics, all of the statistical big data that comes right. in. As a fan, do you think, ah, I don't like this, or this is brilliant, bring it on? Where do you sit? I think the stats, in terms of like the, the way we see it on the ticker on the, on the, the, the sports networks, has gotten too much. The, the analytics... You know, every year they're creating new stats, the offensive production with the blah, 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 and the blah, blah, blah. All that stuff is interesting, but at the end of the day, as a fan, I want to hear your opinions. I want to hear your thoughts. And, 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 and what's, what's like what, what my host mm. of the two-man weave uh, on NBA on TuneIn, the eye test. You know what I mean? The, 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 the intangibles, the tenacity, the toughness, the things that you can't, you know, you can't put in a stat. You can't, there's no scientific no. You know, evidence of it. So I think that the stats are great. I think they're helpful. You know, we all saw Moneyball, and, and, and basketball has their version of Moneyball. And, right. You know, fantasy football is, is, is a stat-driven thing. But at the end of the day, and I'm a fantasy football champion. If you say so yourself, yes. I, I, yeah. it's, it's, in all modesty, people. You can look me up. The doctor will tell you. Look me up. You Google me. I'm a champion. You know, even, even with the stats of fantasy football, at the end of the day, you have to go with your gut. Yeah. You know, they could say, well, this guy, this guy, but you got to go, I just feel like this guy versus that team and his loss the week before is going to help us, you know, win that game. Karen, as your career progressed, did the technology get more and more and more in terms of the input, in terms of how they monitor you in training? And, and in terms of the, your coaches and how you're coached. Uh, yeah. What, what, did you see more technology come into the game, um, or, or, is, or, or was it more traditional? Uh, it was traditional until like uh, 2000, I would have to say 11, 2010, somewhere in there, where analytics and things like that start getting tossed around more. So you start seeing people that had basketball backgrounds, you know, uh, kind of that had a lot of equity in the game mm -hmm. that kind of helped build this organization and this franchise as to what they are today, you know, out of it. So you take the basketball experience out and then now you, you put these tech heads in, which is not a bad thing, but at the same time it takes away from the, the realness of, you know, what it is. You know? Yeah, but suppose, suppose I analyze that in these sections of the – court you are 20 percent shooter and these other sections of the court you're a 50 percent shooter shouldn't you listen to me when i tell you that i will listen to you you know what i mean but at the same time i will also listen to a latrell spreewell that actually played and been through it i will actually listen to a guy that played on the back to back that know how my body and my temperament is i will listen to a guy that you know missed the shot in the big game with 30,000 saying what the hell wrong with you 
<laughs> in that moment <laughs> or, you know, playing under a dysfunctional organization. You know, so they understand all the components, but you know, sometimes. So you you're saying it's more than just. It's the, not just it's numbers. It's more than just the numbers. Yeah. yeah. It, it's not just being able to break down percentages that, uh, a, a, along with that, are all these other factors that are going and playing on your mind, your psyche, while you're actually in the act of whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's shooting or rebounding or whatever. Absolutely. Wow. Wait, wait, but Michael, yes. in your fantasy. You said fantasy football, you were a champion, is that yes, right? Yes, true. You know you are putting every possible scientific analytic you can get your hands on into, into doing that. Absolutely, totally, totally. So, but, but at the end of the day, absolutely, fantasy sports and, and, and fantasy that football. That is what it is. It's That's, totally sad. If you have more information, but, you will have an advantage. Yes, but when you get down to it, if you have, let's say, an Aaron Rodgers and a Tom Brady. Okay. Okay, so you All have right. two, the two of the greats. It's usually not these, these bigger players yet, but let's say you have the two greats and you just feel I'm like... I'm going with Brady. But but you just feel like <laughs> in, in terms of the week before somebody has something, they the lost. Crowd, the crowd Rogers. is slapping Rogers. me right now. They're making air slaps to me right now. Sorry, Mike. That's no, not yeah. the first keep time. Keep going, keep going. No, I mean, at, at a certain point, you're going to make a gut decision. And, and that gut decision is not something that the stats could tell you. And that okay. is, it's not always going to win... It's not always going to lead you right the way, but 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 I I'd rather at the end of the day if both guys are you know four star guys I, at a certain point you got to make your gut decision and sometimes that wins sometimes it doesn't win I mean and with fantasy it's obviously fantasy but I think you know just it just in, in terms of the analytics of it all I think like Karan said I think that there's certain things you can't factor in and the numbers are great and the information is great. But, you know, my knee hurting, and I'm not telling the press has something to do with it. And, and you know, I, I had a, 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 a tweaked bowel movement the day before, doctor. These are <laughs> right. things you can't equate. TMI. Yeah. No. Okay. No, that's very that's, that's, real, though. No, that's real stuff. That's the first thing I ask yeah. anybody. I'm like, before I put you on this team, how was your bowel movement yesterday? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. On that note, on that note, we all right. are. All right. Doctor, we're going to take a commercial break. Um, you can analyze all you like, but as Karan said, and as Michael said, there are intangibles that you do not touch on. And as Chuck alluded to, this stuff you don't really want to know. Right, we're gonna take that break. When we come back, we'll talk about what it takes to be a great NBA player, physically and mentally. And of course, we'll do it all here on Playing With Science. Stick around, we'll be back shortly. Thank you. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.